This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. With all the prospect and promise and fret of artificial intelligence, automation and robotics taking over our jobs, high-performance computing offsetting the tasks that many humans around the world complete day-to-day as part of their own jobs, there's a lingering question of how we actually train our workers for the 21st century. More importantly, if there are all of these advanced tools, how do we make sure that we can wield them appropriately so they both complement the human decency and dignity of a job with the prospect of that innovation creating new advancements and productivity gains for our economy? Karen Batia is the vice president of the New York City's Economic Development Corporation, where day in and day out, the city of New York is actually making investments to make sure that workers are prepared for the 21st century. If the very nature of an American job is rooted with this dignity and sense of decency and purpose that you can work hard, put food on the table, provide for your family, and leave your kids and their kids just a little better off than you were, then how do we make sure that we retain that promise by training our workers appropriately and in advance of a future of AR, VR, AI, and several other acronyms that capture the notion of a 21st century imagination, but also create a prospect in which jobs might be at risk? Karen Bhatia joins American Enough. This is American Enough with your host, Vikram Iyer. In August, when uh, the Department of Labor issued its uh, latest jobs numbers, it actually showed that New York City was not only seeing record um, unemployment, but added uh, about 6,000 or so additional jobs to its roles. Um, and this definitely comes on the heels of uh, a strong, roaring economy across the country. Um, some may claim that that was the investment that Barack Obama made after the greatest recession. Our current president may have his own opinion on that. But that aside, the economy is roaring around nationally and here in New York. Separate from that, though, if you look at a city like San Francisco that is booming with uh, technology startups, uh, a lot of migration inbound into the city, a lot of people itching to live there, um, it's also seeing um, record income inequality and um, also a very soaring cost of living, a lot of homelessness. And often when people look at the two cities of New York and San Francisco, Um, One thing that continues to come away from the distinction of how New York has been able to invest is that there is a lot of capital in New York. There's a lot of technology in New York. There's a lot of innovation in New York. And yet it gets reinvested in a way that is not happening in San Francisco. What is New York City doing um, by way of investing in this economy that's accessible for all? And specifically from your perch um, as the vice president of the New York Economic Development Corporation, um, what can other cities around the country learn about how to create that vitality and opportunity for growth? Vikram, thank you for having me on today. In New York City, economic development is a priority for us. And what you were talking about in terms of inclusion, this is an area that we pride ourselves on and we try to strive towards as well. When it comes to making sure that 
people across the five boroughs, those with uh, less than higher education, as well as those who come from more modest means, have access to industries, especially those that are uh, fostered and fueled by technology, is something that we're, they're, we're working on. So I'll give you a couple of examples. We are building a virtual reality and augmented reality lab here in New York City. Oh, wow. It's the first publicly funded lab in the country, and it's going to consist of various components, and all of them are to foster innovation and to foster startups here in New York and to help them scale as well. But a critical component of this is actually a workforce development component. This lab is physically going to be based in Brooklyn at the Brooklyn Navy Yard. However, simultaneously, we want to make sure that... uh, All five boroughs are incorporated into this. We're going to have partner networks throughout the five boroughs through a lot of the CUNY programs, but also community organizations, so that throughout the five boroughs, people are aware of what is virtual reality and augmented reality. Part of this project also incorporates Lehman College in the Bronx for a workforce development component where they're training people who are not necessarily students at Lehman College, but people from the community to learn about what VR, AR is, and to also get trained in jobs in those types of positions. It's a certification program. It's pretty intensive, but this is a way in which we, an, an effort that the New York City Economic Development Corporation is making to make sure that we are trying to figure out creative ways in which technology is inclusive and that we're bringing people who historically have not been part of the tech sector into the sector. So that's one example. Another example that the EDC is working on is we have a $30 million cybersecurity initiative, and that is to help companies start and scale here around cybersecurity, and it also consists of a workforce development component, similar to what I'm talking about earlier. So what we try to think about are meaningful ways in which we can analyze what are jobs that are accessible and our pipelines for further growth within these sectors as well. And it's imperative. Otherwise, if you have these sectors and these industries that are growing in any city and you don't make deliberate investments to make sure that people are included, you're going to see that growing disparity between those that are part of it and those that are not, especially as technology becomes pervasive, not only in tech sectors in and of themselves, but in hyphen tech sectors. And that's what we see here in New York. Every sector of our industry, whether it comes to finance, healthcare, real estate, media, all of them employ and leverage technology. And we have to make sure that New Yorkers have access to that technology, um, can work in these technologies, are trained for them, but simultaneously can also be the founders and the entrepreneurs as well. So I know the the EDC, the Economic Development Corporation, has a a wide remit. So I want to get to some of the other um, areas of of interest and focus in a moment. But focusing on this workforce training, uh, it's fascinating to hear that the city of New York would invest public money in some of these next stage and advanced technologies that uh, may, for many who are only passively observing these technologies, uh, sound like just this is like video game training or this is data privacy training. Um, that is not only a, a hell of a commitment, but it also speaks to the needs of creating new curricula for new um, innovations in the future of work. One thing that we've noticed a lot of is that 
uh, the introductions of these technologies may impact someone in a sector who is already um, well out of college. And in the United States, we focus heavily on K through 12 and higher ed, um, whereas now we've seen a rising um, need to focus on late stage uh, continuous learning, adult learning certification programs like the ones you mentioned. Um, what's New York City's approach to thinking about that future of work for the older individuals in the labor market so that way they can continue to participate and not get innovated out of participation? So I think that there are multiple fronts here. We have the SBS, the Small Business Services. They offer a program called the Tech Talent Pipeline. Um, and this primarily focuses on CUNY students to help them get integrated into City the University tech of New York. That's yeah. right, the City University of New York. Focusing on STEM education, um, engineering, applied engineering skills as well to make sure that they're part of these sectors. And they're continuing programs that they have as well um, to make sure that, like I said, these are accessible opportunities where people can get trained. What we are thinking about as well right now is what are opportunities, exactly like you said, that are continuing um, for folks that are later, perhaps later in their professional careers as well to get, to get up to speed on what's happening, especially considering future of work implications. And this is an area that we're doing a deeper dive into right now, especially considering certain technologies like artificial intelligence, automation, um, considerations about big data and um, data analytics. What we're trying to do is think about this in a very strategic fashion. What are the jobs out there? What are, what, where is there an increased demand for these types of jobs? And what are the prerequisite skills that are necessary for these jobs? We're trying to be very deliberate in the way that we're thinking about this, especially because what we're hearing from employers is that since there are a lack of um, employees who are trained for these types mm -hmm. of jobs, they're trying to think about alternative students and alternative backgrounds as well, whether these are in-house training programs that they're providing or if they're people with other disciplines that they're looking to integrate into their current workforce. So this is an area when it comes to the future of work, we're trying to be as proactive as possible and as um, methodical, thinking about where where is their demand, what is the supply, what are the prerequisite skills, and are there relationships that we could build with employers to help train people for these types of programs and help them actually grow and be successful within these within these sectors themselves. So this is a this is a, a work in progress right now. And and when when it comes to tackling um, goals of of upward mobility and economic certainty. Uh, for any worker, obviously New York City um, is known for its uh, very dense housing and urban environment. Obviously, there are transportation issues um, that the city confronts from a planning perspective. And I just mentioned these two one-off strawman examples to, to illustrate that there's, when it comes to economic development, there are obviously systemic challenges that the city focuses on. Um, I know housing is a big priority for the EDC, and uh, you know, routinely, you guys have been breaking ground as a city for new um, developments in Jamaica, Queens, for example, other parts of the city, and that's celebrated because that creates the opportunity for more mixed-use housing, um, uh, Section 8 affordable housing. Um, how do you see the, the roles of sort of kind of underpinnings of, of systemic um, opportunities or challenges that can affect whether the, a city grows robustly economically or whether it's held back? 
think there are various components to that. The area that I focus on at the New York City Economic Development Corporation is particularly in our industry development. So this um, area is like in our creative and applied tech areas. How are we going to support businesses starting and scaling here around these technologies? So we look at it partially from an industry perspective and ways in which we can provide resources for companies that are trying to integrate technologies and scale here in New York and companies that are trying to start here in New York. How do we help innovate? So that's one section of it. And as you know, the EDC manages a lot of the city's properties and assets throughout the five boroughs. So that involves a a lot of these physical properties, whether it's for commercial development as well as residential development too. We think about it pretty holistically about areas that need development, what our strategy is about focusing on those areas and how we're going to develop those areas from not only a a critical infrastructure point of view regarding residential housing like you were talking about what was just uh, discussed in in Jamaica, Queens, but also from a transportation point of view. Hmm. New York is complicated like many other cities in that we have so many different actors. We have the city, we have Port Authority, we have the state, federal government when it comes to a lot of these infrastructure projects. One of the areas that we are proud of that we have had a, a, a role in developing when it comes to particularly transportation is the New York City ferries that have been deployed over the course of the past year. It provides an alternative means of transportation, leveraging our waterways, which are abundant here in New York, and reducing travel time for people and providing an alternative to a lot of the difficulties that they're experiencing on the subway, which New York City doesn't have a role in. Yeah. So we try to think about what are some of the problems that exist and are there ways, um, means that are within our disposal that we could leverage to try to help solve for those problems, whether it deals with housing, whether it deals with commercial development, whether it even deals with, for example, when I was talking about our industry development, when we were growing the tech sector here in New York City, one of, and this was about a decade ago, it was identified that a, a number of cities across the country, for example, in the Bay Area, or if you look at the Cambridge area, a lot of innovation was coming from a a very strong applied science program. And so the city was committed to growing that sector, applied sciences here in New York City, and as a result, put out an RFP that ended up becoming Cornell, the Technion collaboration on Roosevelt Island. Oh, absolutely. Um, and also funding data science Cornell programs. Tech, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So Cornell Tech was one of them. So that was a that was an example of how we try to leverage our assets and trying to think strategically about how are we going to build up a particular sector or a particular community with the tools that we currently have. And I, I, the, the focus on technology is a particularly interesting one because at the same time you have a a very clear need. Um, and you've already identified some sectors, as you mentioned, to train up and upskill for those tools hitting everything from the factory floor to, to you know, a white-collar office. But you also have this broader um, concern mounting, not just in the United States, but around the world, about what that technology may mean for the downstream impact on workers, right? Um, whether this has to do with job loss or job retraining or job replacement. Um, you also have a conversation around um, an increasing share of, of independent workers or more disaggregated workers. Some like to point to Uber or Lyft or Postmates. Others can also just rightly point out that with the power of the internet, 
um, a Wi-Fi connection, an idea, anyone can kind of now work for themselves. Both of these tensions, while exciting with promise, um, also mean that the way we train workers is going to have to shift. The way that we provide benefits to workers may need to be decoupled from traditional employment models. How do you go about, from your perch with the city, or with the, with the uh, EDC, um, kind of balancing both celebrating these new technologies and wanting people to be excited about training up in them, but also kind of dissuading um, or, or assuaging concerns around um, the threats that they could pose or the challenges that somebody feels that their job may go away or a labor union representative may feel a job is going to go away? That's a, it's an incredible task to balance both of them. We try to focus on how can New York City be a hub of innovation around a lot of these topics, um, thinking about new business models, innovations that could be commercialized, businesses that could be started. How do we be thought leaders and bring together all of the various disciplines and um, the public and the private sector to come together to try to start addressing these? So a couple of examples that I can refer to are when it comes to the future of work and some of the changes that we're seeing, for example, in the gig economy, the city has invested in the New York City Media Lab, um, a partnership between the private sector and the public sector to come together to innovate around new types of innovations that are going to be affecting media. And, uh, you know, a lot of that is around artificial intelligence, blockchain. If you think about blockchain specifically, you know, this is going to potentially disintermediate a lot of these heavy hitters. Sure. But bringing them to the table and bringing them also to the table with academics and with startups to think about what are new business models, what is your value proposition, how do we start thinking about this collectively and innovate around this? That's one example of what the city's trying to do in terms of being a thought leader around a certain industry or segment um, that's a vital part of our economic foundation here in New York. We also have invested in a freelancer's hub at the media center in Dumbo. Okay. So when you were talking about how benefits are going to be changing sure. and how people are more independent actors and employ employees or employers themselves, this is an area in which we think it's a fundamental that people know about benefits that are available for them and are affordable for them as well. So we're trying to tackle this in a, in a variety of different ways, but we realize that it's going to be critical for us to bring together the public and the private sector to think about these issues and um, to experiment around them as well. Absolutely. And that public-private partnership um, couldn't be more important, especially as a lot of the technology's state-of-the-art is being built in the R&D labs of the companies and how you export that knowledge into worker training models that arguably public sector entities would operate, that matchmaking is going to be now more vital than ever. Obviously, with the Economic Development Corporation's funding, um, you are at the heart of sort of a, a public-private partnership in the way that you operate. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, zooming out from that, when you, when you take a look at workforce development on the tech side like you're invested on, or just investing in worker uh, development in New York City, or broadly the economy, there is an interesting kind of evolution of how cities are playing a role in defining what the worker looks like compared to our national investments. Um, right now, America's identity tends to be painted over kind of with a broad brush banner of you know, this American promise that if you work hard and do the right thing and invest a little bit, you can be a little better off than your parents' generation and then leave your, your uh, kids off better than you were. Um, 
how do you feel that the face of New York City is playing a role in that American identity? And is it distinct from the way the rest of the country is, are doing things? Or is this core to how America does things in general? I would say that the way that we operate in New York, I would say it's a, it's a bit of both. And um, I know that that's uh, contradictory in some ways. The reason why I say that is because New York is a very unique city in that we have a tremendous um, diversity here. We have a huge immigrant population here. If you look at the number of entrepreneurs that we have, a pretty significant portion are actually immigrants, first-generation immigrants. And we pride ourselves in that diversity. We want to make sure that New York City is considered to be a home and is always welcoming to the diverse talent and to the diversity that makes up who New Yorkers are. And I think that is reflected in, in the core of what the United States is, but it's something that we very much try to, we appreciate. And from all of this diversity and people from all over the world, they are fundamentally New Yorkers if they're here. Mm. And we try to leverage all the skills and all the assets that they bring with them. I think that it's core to New York, but I also do think that it is something that is fundamental to the United States because that's ultimately why they came here as well. Yeah. Uh, you've you've had a, um, a, a successful tenure at the EDC, investing in workforce development opportunities. The the economy of New York continues to grow at an incredible clip. Um, be very fascinating to see how some of these investments and worker training programs look moving forward. Karen, thank you so much for joining American Enough. Appreciate it. Thank you, Vikram. This has been American Enough with Vikram Iyer. American Enough is a production of Mouth Media Network. Contact Vikram with your comments and questions at 844-4-VIKRAM and connect with the show on social media at American Enough. Theme music by Chris Thomas. Episodes available at AmericanEnoughPodcast.com and everywhere the best podcasts are found. To learn more about Mouth Media Network and how you can partner with this podcast, visit MouthMediaNetwork.com. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts, callers, and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Mouth Media Network. No portion of the show may be reproduced, published, or rebroadcast without the express written permission of the producers. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.